The Sooners grabbed another prediction for a blue chip defensive lineman. And can Brent Venables make that year two jump that other great coaches have made? We'll talk about it on tonight's episode of Locked On Sooners Live. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, the live edition. Shout out to every every dayer out there listening in on the YouTube side or on the podcast side. And thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Josh, how's your Monday been, my friend? It's good. It's good. Happy uh, belated Mother's Day to all the moms out there. You, uh, as one Kevin Durant would say, you the real MVP. So uh, appreciate all the moms that uh, are watching along or listening on Locked On Sooners or uh, just uh, to everybody that has a mom out there. Happy Mother's Day uh, belated to everybody. But it's good, man. It's been a Monday. How are you, my friend? Yeah, it's been a great day. I uh, had a little makeup soccer game with the uh, the daughter and we got the tie, the 2-2 tie against the first place team in the league. So that was pretty big time. A uh, team we hadn't beaten yet. So we're inching a little bit closer to catching them. So uh, one more game this season on Saturday. So it's been a fun year. But let's talk Oklahoma Sooners, Josh, because as has been kind of trending now, we got the first prediction on Friday for 2024 four-star defensive lineman out of Durant, Oklahoma, Zadavian Sims. Josh McQuistion of Sooner Scoop and on three predicted that he would land with the Sooners. Now we've got our second prediction favoring the Sooners as Parker Thune of OU Insider issued a rival's future cast. It's still weird to say those things about Scoop and OU Insider, but we're going to get behind it. Parker issued a rival's future cast predicting Day Day Zadavian Sims landing with the Oklahoma Sooners. As we talked about on the uh, Monday morning show, if you hadn't listened to that just yet, he's planning on committing this Saturday at C4 Sports Endurance Pro Day, where they're going to have a, a host of athletes performing in front of recruiting analysts. It's basically like their own little version of the combine where they're bringing recruiting analysts and coaches and players from the region uh, just to work out in front of people and just give people an idea of what they've got going. So Zadavian Sims committing this Saturday looks like everything is pointing right now towards the Oklahoma Sooners, which is a change in direction from where it had been. It looked like Michigan state was kind of the big time player. Oregon had kind of started making some noise, making a few rumblings there as well, but Oklahoma looking to land one of the best in-state prospects of the 2024 class, Josh. Yeah, and again, doesn't have the same noise around himself as maybe uh, for some a David Stone or a Williams Winery does, but Zadavian Sims, somebody that, especially given the fact that you're talking about Durant, Oklahoma kid, feel like, okay, this is somebody in Zadavian Sims, a man, the, the tape, it's, uh, you can tell. I, I'd be curious to know what his you know, 10 yard speed is and some of the acceleration type stuff and some of the shuttle, because it looks like he, he, he he's, you know, I'm sure the 40 is not the, the fastest 40 time in the world, but the acceleration from three point stance to backfield 
is pretty good when uh, when you watch the tape. And I don't know how it would compare maybe naturally, but just watching it on tape, it, yeah, it looks next level good. John, I can see why there's folks that see the – well, have seen the tape and probably have seen Zadavian Sims in person and evaluate Sims as a blue chip top 300 and in other cases and in other instances top 200, top 150 type talent nationally. I mean, he looks the part. So – this, uh, though, again, isn't David Stone or Williams Winery. To me, this is it, – it's a high-profile recruitment for Oklahoma, given the fact that, again, Durant, Oklahoma, and just what you see on tape, this is a really, really talented potential uh, future interior defensive lineman for you. Yeah, explosive is the word that comes to mind for me whenever I watch Zadavian Sims, and relentless. Like, it's a guy that – doesn't give up on the play. He chases it down. He, he works the backside pursuit. And then when he gets you, he doesn't let go. He just, he gets a grab on you and, and he's, and you're done. So a, a big time move and a big time shift in the recruitment for Zadavian Sims. And, and it's great. Like having winning the in-state guys that matters. Like how frustrating was it to watch Charlie Kolar go and catch touchdown passes for Iowa state against Oklahoma, you know, like, and that might not have been a guy that was on Oklahoma's radar during the Lincoln Riley era, but it probably should have been. He was a good player. Like he was a solid player and it's somebody that they could have probably used given his height and athleticism. You don't want to miss out too much on these in-state prospects because they're right in your backyard. These are guys that have watched Oklahoma for years. They know what Oklahoma's about. You got to sell them still, but it's a big time get if they're able to land this commitment. And if they're able to land the commitment, I, I, I believe they'll get a signing. It's not one of going to be one of those things where he later flips to another school. He's well aware of the defensive line prospects that Oklahoma is chasing. And if they're able to land this whole group, it's going to be a historic group of defensive linemen that they're going to be bringing into Norman in the 2024 recruiting cycle. I'm not going to knock Oklahoma too much for not getting a Charlie Kolar because I'm looking back at that 17 class and it did have Grant Calcaterra and Jeremiah Hall in it. So Oklahoma on paper, and Jeremiah Hall was a, a really good player for a long time for OU. Calcaterra, you know, I think had the potential to be that. It felt like he was trending in that direction. And then obviously uh, circumstances changed a little bit. But generally speaking, the premise, right? Not to just totally debunk everything that you said. I, I agree with the, the premise. And especially for somebody. I have been debunked. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's a politely debunked, if anything. But, you know, Charlie Kolar is somebody that I broadcast his high school games. So if there was anybody that was, hey, I, I'd love to see Charlie Kolar wind up in Crimson and Cream, it, it was yours truly. And yet, again, a little bit uh, a little bit of love for Oklahoma in that class. It actually wound up with a couple of nice tight ends. But the, the general point stands. I think everybody, for the most part, that's a Sooner fan would agree you would you would rather see Oklahoma take chances in state on the you know and, and Zadavian Sims a blue chip guy, but uh, the the chance that you're going to take take it on an in state guy and don't miss on in state guys when it's a blue chip in state guy and you're not going to bat one thousand. Everybody could be realistic about that, but can can you bat close to 80, 90 on high profile uh, in state guys? And Zadavian Sims would certainly fit uh, fit that profile. As it stands right now, Oklahoma doesn't have an in-state in the top 10 of the 247 sports composite. Um, you got OSU that's got three of the top 10. 
Kansas has one. And then there are one, two, three, four, five, six of the top 10 still uncommitted right now in the 2024 cycle. So it, yeah, it's possible. You know, it, it, I think they're, they're going to start kind of gaining traction, you know, in the, in the class, we'll start seeing quite a few commitments over the next couple of months. It looks like Zadavian Sims is going to be the first one, maybe in the month of May. Have we had one in May? I can't remember if we've had one in May, but anyway, it's going to be the the first kind of defensive line commitment. You've got a couple of defensive backs. You've got your quarterback. You've got a wide receiver. So it's all trending good for the Oklahoma Sooners. This is going to be a fun time for sure for Oklahoma, for Zadavian Sims. Be on the lookout for that commitment on Saturday. We'll continue to cover that here on Locked On Sooners. Coming up next, can Brent Venables make the year two jump that some of the greats in college football have made over the last 20 years. We'll talk about that after I tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It tastes great. It's great for you. Low calorie, low carb, low sugar, high in protein. So many great flavors like the peanut butter brownie, which is my personal favorite, to the caramel brownie, the mint brownie, uh, coconut brownie chunk, salted caramel, cookies and cream. So many fantastic flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate. They taste great. They're great for you. Great as a meal replacement, a snack, pre or post workout. You can't beat it. Go to built.com. Use promo code locked 15, get 15% off that next order over at built.com. You can also find them at Sam's and Walmart. March madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. A real quick question from 405 Boy here. Um, John, were you in Oklahoma at that time? I'm guessing we're thinking 2017. No, actually I was living in Ethiopia back in 2017. That's a long story maybe for another time, but, um, been following the Sooners for quite some time was not following them quite that closely, uh, between 2013 and 2018 or so because of our time overseas. You're not, you're not pounding the recruiting pages very hard. You're just hoping that you can get uh, Toby Rowland on the radio side. Uh, broadcasting through the internet if it's good enough that night for you to be able to listen to the game, uh, which we did. My wife and I did quite a few times stay up past midnight or 3 a.m. in the morning watching or listening to Oklahoma Sooners football games. So that's going to be fun. We'll talk maybe as the offseason goes along, we'll get more into kind of our personal lives. But Josh, let's get into more of what this story, I mean, from Storm and Norman was a really good exercise and just following the paths of some of the great coaches that we've seen in college football over the last 20 years and, and the year one to year two jumps that they made. And that's really what a lot of people are expecting from Brent, from Brent Venables. And it begs the question, you know, can he, can he do that same thing that a Kirby smart or a Nick Saban or Pete Carroll or Gary Patterson? I mean, a lot of highly you know regarded college football head coaches had great year twos following a okay year one. Yeah, the the list here is extensive beyond just the typical names that we hear. And I'll just, by reference on the radio side, 
the the three names you hear is Bob Stoops because of course it's close to home year one to year two and then it's Nick Saban and it's it's Kirby Smart because Kirby Smart's who's won back-to-back national championships and of course Nick Saban has been the collegiate football standard bearer for the last what 15 years this run uh, uh, I mean is it longer than that now at Alabama decade and a half right that that Nick Saban has been that guy and that Alabama has been that program so it's it's been done by those guys and yet yeah there's the the other names that are kind of interesting that you mentioned actually Nick Saban twice you think about uh, his stint at LSU to begin with and then uh, obviously at Alabama but yeah Pete Carroll and Gary Patterson uh, th- those are names uh, Kirby Smart we talked about Dave Aranda the the quick turnaround that he had at Baylor I mean it's been uh, done other places from year one to year two not a guarantee, obviously, for Oklahoma. But, and, you know, even beyond just looking at other head coaches, poor first season, or if you don't want to use the term poor, if you want to say average first seasons for a lot of these coaches we're talking about to great second season, you, you can go that route. You can look at that, John. But I just look at, again, what I keep coming back to with Brent Venables is I trust the defense is going to improve because that's what happened when he was at Clemson. It got so much markedly better year one to year two to year three. So if that checks out in year two, then the the fact that, okay, you were a defensive coordinator then and now you're a head coach, I'm still going to be of the positive mindset that, okay, Brent Venables in this program is on the right trajectory, John. He's going to figure it out. And then the, the other in the back pocket is, yes, history elsewhere says that, other coaches don't get off to always great starts, and they wind up having very, very long, successful runs. The Athletic did a really interesting piece on Brent Venables, interviewed Brent Venables uh, just the other day. If you haven't had a chance to check that story out, highly recommend it. But in there, they talk about 50 scholarship players turned over since Brent Venables got here. That's huge. Like more than 50% of your roster is gone uh, in such a short time. But I think there's still reason for optimism and high expectations because of the players they brought in over the last two recruiting classes, this most recent transfer portal class, and even, you know, a guy like Jonah Laula, who's here from the 2022 recruiting or a transfer portal class. You've, you've got some talented players. Now it just needs to kind of all come together. It all needs to coalesce for them to be a, a better unit defensively. And I, and I think they are going to be, they're not going to be as bad as they were in 2022. It's just not going to happen. It would be, Utterly shocking, honestly, if it was as bad as it was last year. The talent is better defensively. I think they're going to have that because of that familiarity, they're going to be better defensively. And honestly, the schedule sets up a little bit better for them defensively, where they're not going to have to face a Will Howard in Kansas State. They're not going to have to face, you know, either Baron Morton or Tyler Shuck at Texas Tech. You know, the Houston game, like, Houston may not be a great program, but Dana Holgerson is well known for putting up really good offenses and they got Donovan Smith. Like that's going to be a really good offense that they'll have to face this year. They won't have to face the Baylor bears rushing attack. They gave them fits last year. So it all sets up for them to, to be really good defensively, at least statistically, just because of the level of competition. And I know we're kind of jumping the gun on our third segment here a little bit, but for that alone, but also, with what they added defensively with Desan McCullough, Ronald Bothroyd, Reggie Pearson, uh, the recruiting class, uh, a year of improvement from Jaron Kanick, uh, you know, depth, better depth at linebacker, uh, maybe, you know, just 
better dudes at cornerback. Like you got Woody Washington in year two with Brent Venables. And then you don't really know who your starting cornerback is on the other side, but you got to expect it's going to be better than uh, what they had out of, out of Jaden Davis. No disrespect to him, but you think the ceiling is going to be higher. Even if it's a guy like a Makari Vickers or a Josiah Wagner, you know, these guys have been getting rave reviews in camp, especially Wagner has been. And so you really like where you're heading in that direction. You just got to get these guys some game time experience at the college level for them to start taking off a little bit. And so I really do think it's all going to come together in a, in a much better way defensively. And I think the offense is still going to be really, really good, even though they've got some question marks with the wide receiver offensive line. It, I think it's just a team that is going to make a big jump. Um, if they, you know, whether they get to the college football playoff or the big 12 title game, that remains to be seen, but I do think they're going to easily be three, four wins better than what they were a year ago. For sure. I don't have the, uh, full list of, you know, fan duel DraftKings, you name it, all the different sports books in front of me right now. But I think the general consensus is nine and a half wins or thereabout as the, the win total for Oklahoma, which yeah, to four Oh five boys point right here. He says, uh, or she says, or they say, I'm sticking with at least 10 and two this coming season. And basically what you're saying is on most of those, you're taking the over. And I think that a lot of people would probably take the, the over with Oklahoma, given the schedule, given the belief that you have in Brent Venables, and uh, given the fact that you think this is pretty talented Oklahoma roster that by and large underachieved a season ago. I would say, John, if things go the direction that I hope or expect that they will. You could, to me, come back to the pack a little bit offensively and still significantly improve this season. If we see the type of jump defensively that I'm hopeful for that you'll see for Oklahoma, if, you, if you're what you were offensively last season, and I know there were gripes to be had, and I know there were frustrating moments to watch, but – Honestly, if you're that mixed with the defensive improvement that we're hopeful we'll see, you're talking about a Big 12 championship team in Oklahoma. And then even if you're a little bit below that pace, if offensive line takes a little bit of time to gel, John, or the wide receivers, it doesn't totally click overnight for Oklahoma. I still think you can get to that 10-win number, even with the offense taking a little bit of a step back, if the defense goes the direction that uh, when we talk about, hey, Brent Venables, can year one to year two to beyond, can he, can he follow that type of path to greatness? Well, if the defense goes the direction that we're hopeful that it will, then uh, I think that you can have a very successful, more successful season, and maybe even some of the offensive growth that we're going to be waiting on, John, you can have that transpiring as you improve defensively and hopefully have a better overall season. So the, the the over under for wins according to FanDuel, our friends over at FanDuel.com, eight and a half. So I feel really good about the over on that. Like I would be shocked if they are under eight and a half wins in 2023. I mean, just looking at the schedule, Arkansas State, W, SMU, W, Tulsa, W, Cincinnati on the road. It's going to be a tough road environment, but W, Iowa State, W, heading into Texas, you're going to be five and zero. Oh. So then you just got to go what three or, you know, four and how many games are the four and four over the final eight or four and three over the final seven, I guess it is uh, to get to, um, you know, nine wins like that. That seems to be really reasonable. Now they started off strong last year, 
did great in non-conference. And then it was an up and down roller coaster during big 12 play. But again, defensively, they're going to be better. And so this team is going to be better uh, offensively. I think they're going to be as good, if not better. I think they'll just be as good and that's okay. Like you just got to be good as good, especially if they're better in key situations, like we've talked about and they've talked about, they've talked about how they have to be better in the red zone on third down on offense to come through in these clutch in these crunch time situations, because that's what really held them back last year. If they're a little bit better, even just a little bit better in the red zone on third down, they win two, three more games, not having to settle for field goals or fourth down attempts, not having to punt the ball away. You know, when you're under three minutes to go in the game, like these are, these are key situations and you have to have your offense to be more consistent. I do think they will be a little bit more consistent. Um, mostly because I believe Jalil Farouk and I believe in his ability to win at every level of the defense. He can win in the short, he can win in the intermediate and he can win downfield as good as Marvin Mims was. He wasn't that dude you were throwing to in the short part of the field. When you needed a, a key third and eight, they weren't going to Marvin Mims very often on that, on that down and distance. It was down the field. A lot of times to him. I mean, his gripe about not being asked to run a full route tree, I think is, it was uh, was valid because you didn't see him being asked to run a lot of slants or slogos or being asked to run, you know, a lot of 10 yard hitches and things like that. But you got a guy in Jalil Farouk who's got a bigger body, great size, good athleticism, and is a good route runner. And you can ask him to run every route in the tree because he can do it. And he's physically able to, he's got the physicality to, to win on the inside. You're asking him to go over the middle. He's going to be able to do that and pick up key first downs for you. I really do think that's going to be a game changer. And then the, the, you know, bringing back Austin Stogner. I think that adds an element to your passing game. You know, another element, Braden Willis was really, really good. Austin Stogner can be just as good, if not better because of his ability in the passing game. So I think that does help you a little bit as well. Still got to figure out the other wide receiver position, but you get the ball to Gavin Sawchuk. That's going to create a lot more big plays for you too. Uh, even if it's on check downs, you know, short yard or a third down third and long, he's going to be able to make some of those things happen for you because he's just so dynamic in the open field. Um, one more thing, Josh, any other, any other thoughts on this before we kind of move to our strength of schedule, we're going to have a little bit of an abbreviated locked on Sooners live this week. We'll be back with more locked on Sooners live next week. Uh, but Josh, any final thoughts on this, this idea, this topic? Well, I, I do think that this season is paramount to showing us maybe what the, the future of Oklahoma football is going to look like. It doesn't have to be this great season for this to, to wind up being that, you know, Brent Venables is the next, you know, long-term solution as the head coach, great head coach in a long line of great history of head coaches at OU doesn't have to, play out that way theoretically but man you'd feel a lot more comfortable if this is a double figure type uh, win season if it's a return to a big 12 championship game if they go win a big 12 championship which oklahoma's been that program in this conference so i, I think it's doable i'm optimistic that it's going to happen and uh, now they just they got to go do it these additions that they brought in defensively via the transfer portal that they think they've developed in-house i mean that's going to be the big question is have they developed and have they have they found the right transfer portal recipe? That's that's going to be the million dollar question for Oklahoma. I think the answer is going to be yes, but time uh, obviously will tell on that front. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry, that's a wrestling reference for those of you WWE aficionados out there. Um, 
Last thing we're going to talk about, strength of schedule. College Football News ranked all of the strength of schedules in the FBS and uh, in the Big 12 specifically, the Oklahoma Sooners, strength of schedule isn't that impressive. Uh, they come in at, I believe it was number eight um, in the Big 12 in strength of schedule. Sorry, number nine. Um, national rank was number 58. So how they kind of came about this was if you had a team – in their preseason one to 133 rankings that was ranked say 60. Well, you get 60 points for that. If you play them at home, then it, I think it like cuts it in half or whatever uh, you play it on, on the road. I can't remember exactly the details, but basically based on their one to 131 rankings or one to 133 rankings, they came up with a strength of schedule that um, reflected that. And the lowest score, in their strength of schedule had the highest, the bet, the, the strongest schedule um, ahead of the 2023 season. And the Oklahoma Sooners came in nationally number 58. So right about in the middle kind of average. And then at ninth in the big 12. And I really think this is a big part of why we're going to see a big jump in win totals for the Sooners in their final year in the big 12. I think it just reiterates a lot of the things that we've talked about and have touched on that, this schedule, it just, it is what it is until it's proven otherwise, John. And a lot of people would say this about some of the fodder they've heard on this edition of Locked On Sooners Live. Why are you so optimistic? Why is there so much Kool-Aid, Crimson and Cream Kool-Aid here on Locked On Sooners? I got gotcha. you. Uh, but when you look at the schedule for Oklahoma right now, until proven otherwise, it's not altogether that meaty. It's not altogether that challenging for Oklahoma and College football news, they can have, you know, whichever scoring system or metrics they want to do to put it together. I think they're in the right wheelhouse, uh, you know, without knowing the ins and outs of every single Big 12 team schedule right off the top of my head right here right now. It's got to be, yeah, middle of the pack type schedule to the the back half of the league in terms of difficulty because there's nothing in the non-conference that's altogether challenging. You don't play Kansas State in uh in this schedule so oklahoma got some breaks with the schedule uh it's it just it kind of is what it is and now you got to go take advantage of it plus you get tcu at home you get west virginia at home um you do have to go to no you get iowa state at home so this is a, a a doable schedule for the sooners like there's nothing in this schedule that makes me think they can't be a 10 win team i mean the locales that they have to go to at byu at provo uh, you got to go to, uh, you know, Kansas, Kansas is going to be a, uh, they will be an interesting team to follow. I'm not saying they're going to be a good team, but Jaden Daniels or sorry, Jalen Daniels gives them a great opportunity to be really good. And that offense is going to be good and they're going to continue to improve as a, as a program. Um, so that's a, an interesting matchup. You know, the, the Jayhawks fans are going to be, you know, geeked out to have Oklahoma in their building for what could be the last time. And who knows how long. I mean, there's no telling when that that rival that matchup we won't call it a rivalry. That matchup will be renewed, um, so it, it's going to be intriguing. You know, the Cincinnati game. I keep coming back to Nypert Stadium and just the environment that the fan base has created there during Cincinnati's run as you know one of the best teams in the American Athletic Conference, making the college football playoff. Like that place, they know how to do a blackout. They do it really, really well up there at Nypert. Um, so just some really, really intriguing places to go. You got to go to Stillwater, you know, while Oklahoma state, I'm expecting them to take a step back this season. You still got to go to Stillwater and that's going to be another fan base. that's going to be ready to 
greet the Oklahoma Sooners with all of the vitriol that Bedlam should bring. And because again, who knows when Oklahoma and Oklahoma state will meet up again after this, like this could be the last time for some time. There's no telling when it's all going to come together for Bedlam to happen again, or even if it'll happen again, you know, Mike Gundy wasn't all that ecstatic about having it, you know, uh, President Casey Shrum wasn't all like that eager to get into negotiations for when it could happen again. Uh, so it's it's one of those games that the environment is going to be a challenge. Whether the team is all that challenging, we'll see. But the environment definitely is going to be a challenge. They still got some talent. Even though we're down on them, they still got Colin Oliver. They still got Brendan Presley. Two really, really, really good players. Like Both players are going to get drafted. Uh, whether it's in 2020, I think 2024 eligibility at this point, but both dudes will get drafted really good football players. So there'll be some challenges, but it's not like, again, they're having to go to Lubbock to face an improved Texas tech team or Manhattan to play a, a really good Kansas state team. It it's all working in their favor this year. Or going to Waco to face Dave Aranda on his get right season, because maybe he's in that cycle where it's like, one off year, one on year, you know, I mean, we'll see with, uh, with the Baylor bears, but I just look at the, uh, what we think will be the challenging road test in this schedule and, or, or hypothetically could be Cincinnati. There's, there's no Ritter at quarterback right now. We'll see what happens there. Oklahoma state. Yeah. I mean, we've seen, I guess some, some flashes at times from uh, Bowman at quarterback. It's, you know, there's, there's been some good play in the past from Bowman, but it's not even as many up and down comments and, you know, mediocre remarks as some felt about Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders is somebody that a pretty, pretty doggone good college quarterback. And I would definitely rather have, if I'm an Oklahoma state fan than Alan Bowman going uh, into this season. So I just picked the two key road dates probably for most. And there's a lot of unknown about each of those two teams. I mean, BYU is just these, these road tests that in years past, maybe there's uh, something to really, really be concerned about. And maybe it plays out that way before it's all said and done, but you don't see that road test where it's, you know, basically going to Manhattan with Will Howard, who's a proven big 12 quarterback. Right. You're, you're going to face, you know, a Cincinnati team with Emory Jones, who is pretty good. He's solid. He's been a solid college football quarterback, but he hasn't really taken that step. Uh, into greatness uh you go to byu you play at provo against keaton slovis who's got some experience but again a, a guy that transferred from usc to Pitt and now from Pitt to byu not really finding a home for him uh so the the, the locale and then you talked about alan bowman his biggest issue has been health will he even be healthy enough for bedlam by the time it, it gets there in that first week in november so again it, it the the more challenging you know, road trips that you have, the quarterback situations aren't all that stable, or at least aren't quarterbacks that you go into the season fearing. Now a lot could change. Again, I wasn't afraid of Adrian Martinez this time last year, and he had a great start to the season uh, for the Wildcats, a completely different quarterback than what we'd seen in Nebraska. Um, so yeah, just, there's no telling what the season will unfold, but I think we're both still feeling pretty confident that Oklahoma is going to take a few, a few win better step in the right direction. And one of those reasons is strength of schedule. Josh, any final thoughts on this before we get out of here on a abbreviated version of locked on Sooners live? Yeah. My apologies. I have a magazine story that is on deadline that must get done. There are no ifs, ands, and buts about that. And you know what? Pin has not met paper yet or 
uh, fingers to keyboard just yet on said magazine story. So that's what's going on. I apologize for that to everyone. No, I, you know, just in, in closing on the, the football side of things with Brent Venables and Oklahoma, it's a massive season. I'm optimistic that this is going to work out. I like the additions that they brought in via the transfer portal. I'm very excited about McCullough. I'm excited about uh, Reggie Pearson and just how all of this is going to coalesce with some young talent that Oklahoma has put together. And I have some concerns about just different things offensively, you know, offensive line, wide receiver, you name it. But uh, I'm optimistic that that's, you know, if it's not straight away, the way the schedule, speaking of it, unfolds, you can maybe get some things tightened up before you see Texas uh, down uh, at the Cotton Bowl. So it'll be it's it's a massive year. Obviously, it feels that way with the SEC looming and coming off the bat of last season. It just feels like this year is ramped up every every year for Oklahoma football. But this year feels like it's even maybe uh, I don't know a couple of degrees higher. Yeah, and we're gonna find out how well they respond to pressure in this season because the expectations are still high. Nobody's giving them really a pass on, uh, you know, if they don't win eight, nine, 10 games and, and contend for the big 12 title. So can't wait to watch and find out how this season goes on. We're still, you know, just under four months away from the start of the regular season, but we will be with you here on locked on Sooners Monday through Friday throughout to continue to cover recruiting. Uh, last week we got a little bit caught up. I had some health stuff going on with the family that, was just not making it possible to record. We had some tornadoes going on um, in the Oklahoma City Norman area that was, you know, preventing some things for Josh as well. So we're going to be here as often as we possibly can. We're still aiming for five days a week uh, throughout the off season to cover recruiting and softball, and and we'll get into baseball. Candle, I see you over there. You want to start wanting us to talk baseball? We talked about built bars. You just were 15 minutes late for the built bar read. That's on you, man. Give us a hard time about it. But uh, yeah, a shorter stream tonight, but we hope you all had a great weekend uh, celebrating your moms and then all the people that were have been like moms uh, in your life. I, I can think of one person off the top of my head. I mean, my mom, absolutely special, love her to death. She's just been one of my biggest supporters, um, my nursing career, and then this other career that I've kind of taken into in sports, uh, but then also a friend of mine, her, his mom. Uh, BB just always welcomed me into the house, always had a, a plate of Mexican food to give me uh, every time I came in the house. So it was always, always good time going to the Arrebolosa's house. So um, again, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, all the will be moms, all the moms who want to be moms, but haven't been able to be moms too. There's those, those people also hold a special place in our heart. It took us quite a while uh, to become parents in our own right. And so just want to also uh, throw a special um, shout out to you as well. Uh, but that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. We thank you so much for tuning into the show and subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. Shout out to the everydayers, every member of that everyday club for being locked in with Locked On Sooners. Until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll talk to you then. Boomer Sooner. <laughs>